0: When we define emotional intelligence, we look at those four domains. Taking action on expanding your awareness often can look like being more reflective, right? So doing reflective journal prompts on, what do I like about this? What do I not like about this? What am I really good at? What am I not that good at? And that's just a first basis for expanding your own self-awareness. Welcome to Conversations That Matter, a podcast from Unifor. Here, we explore the latest customer experience trends, sales insights, innovations in AI and automation, and more with well-known thought leaders and industry experts. Tune in and join the conversation.
1: Welcome everyone to another episode of Conversations That Matter. I'm your host, Randy Kassar, and we are talking about emotional intelligence. And today we're talking on how it relates to sales and revenue leaders, which is all part of our new business called Q for Sales, our new software, and uh, we hope that you've checked it out already at Unifor.com. So to get started, I want to bring in an amazing technology sales manager and someone that has trained numerous people on emotional intelligence in relation in relation to technology sales. Oren Webb is joining us, and he's from In Motion. So Oren, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks, Randy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Totally. Um, so I found you through uh, the the powers of LinkedIn. I searched for yeah. emotional intelligence and sales, and you came up. Uh, and so I love you know to share that, but also uh, gives us uh, the reason why you're coming to this show because you have that specific experience on how emotional intelligence and sales relates together. And we know um, in our previous episodes we've talked about emotional intelligence overall in terms of all the different other personas out there. Whether you're a CX leader, whether you're a contact center leader, or even another um, persona that uh, could benefit from from EQ. For those that don't know you, can you uh, share with us uh, who you are and um, you know what's your background?
0: Yeah, yeah. So again, my name is Orrin Webb, and I'm the founder of In Motion, which is a coaching and membership service that helps. Uh, Early career professionals, new sales managers, and people in relationships learn and apply emotional intelligence in order to arrive at the best emotional outcomes. Uh, My past uh, includes different jobs, in particular one where I was a business development manager at a technology sales company, and I had a powerful experience of applying emotional intelligence in there that led me to having a lot of success, Uh, and that success led me to creating in motion and uh, really sticking with it.
1: Awesome. Well, cool. Uh, Good background. And uh, so you've uh, you've been in the tech field and you've been selling uh, technology solutions uh, to numerous different people. Uh, And you're based uh, in where? I'm based in uh, Alexandria, Virginia, East Coast. Awesome. For someone that's never been to Alexandria, Virginia, tell us one thing on why they should come and visit.
0: You should definitely come and visit Alexandria, Virginia, because... Northern Virginia is kind of this hot spot that is right outside of washington d c and honestly, it's underexplored. There's so much going on here and it's it's really booming, so come through great food, great music, great people, and I'm here,
1: so you can meet me <laughs> hey hey, perfect cool all right, uh so let's talk about uh, emotional intelligence. Uh, I think a lot of people define it in different ways. I'd love to hear from you how you define emotional intelligence
0: yeah, so emotional intelligence is Applying your intelligence to your emotional world, right? And so uh, the most common way to understand emotional intelligence is through these four domains. The first is self awareness, right? So that is the ability to recognize your own emotions as well as assess your personality. The second domain is social awareness, that is recognizing other people's emotions and assessing how they operate their personality. The third domain would be self regulation how are you managing your emotions, managing motivation? And then the last one is relationship management. How are you taking your awareness of your emotions in your personalities and regulating your own emotions and applying that to how you navigate relationships? So that, so those four key areas. And it's pretty widespreadly, uh, I would say, that's pretty common amongst the emotional intelligent community. Uh, and also as people who have read many books, they probably can pick up on those four key areas.
1: Totally. When you think about Emotional intelligence. You know, we've talked about Daniel Goleman before. Mm -hmm. He's—I wouldn't say the founder, but he's definitely someone that has risen fame and and has taught a lot of people. Um, Where did you do your learnings on emotional intelligence? How did you become? How did it become important to you?
0: Yeah, great question. So, uh, prior to being in the technology sales field, I was a leadership consultant, traveling the country uh, for my fraternity, pretty much building the organization out and growing the organization in different college campuses. And through that experience, I met a lot of higher educational professionals. Uh, In particular, my old supervisor's wife uh, was studying contemporary education. And one thing that she discovered was how significant uh, other cultures were applying emotional intelligence to their learning curriculums. She went out of her way to learn and began to uh, experience different models for how to learn and apply emotional intelligence. She read many books as well. And she imparted that knowledge onto me uh, through a retreat that we had. And I will tell you, I never had uh, prior to that uh, retreat with her. I didn't have any sort of a concept for emotional intelligence. I was actually more so like into like philosophy and stoicism and stuff like that. But when I really learned about the power of emotional intelligence and what it really means and why it's important, it really stuck with me. And it is something that I continue to work on and and, and develop myself. Because truthfully, no one's a master at it, but people are. Yeah. Uh, more, I would say, they have higher levels of competency at it, uh, whereas others may not be as
1: competent at demonstrating or using emotional intelligence. Sure, I mean, being self-aware mm-hmm. uh, is sometimes scary, right? Uh, especially mm-hmm. one one thing is to for you to kind of own that uh, description and, and definition. And it's another thing to actually share that <laughs> d- description, right? Sometimes exactly. those are two separate things uh, that people yeah. don't want to know. Like, who, who are you really? Right. You know, getting deep can be intimidating. <laughs> it, it, it can be. And, and I think, you know, this is going through sales. I mean, the amount of sales calls that I get selling, you know, different types of vendor software, there's some that just actually do the research and understand me and there's others that don't and then after that once we get on a on a zoom call the the way that they are really involved in the conversation and have done their research and can have a really i can have a genuine conversation with them those are the ones that stand out absolutely
0: they are applying ei
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they understand the cues that are happening they've done their research they they're seeing how i react as they're going about their conversation absolutely so when we talk about the let's talk about the persona, this kind of a sales and revenue leader, mm-hmm. what are some of their challenges that they have when they're when they're doing virtual selling uh, on a day-to-day basis? because it's, it's really the norm now on how you know, we connect with people. I mean, things are opening up in certain parts of the world, and right so, you know there will be in-person events, but at one point or another in the relationship, you're definitely going to be doing a zoom meeting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think one key thing that I've noticed. Uh, and being on a sales leadership team, revenue leadership team was how much uncertainty is in your face and uncertainty more often than not will generate discomfort. Yeah. <laughs> and so being in sales more often than not can be a discomforting experience in part because or uncomfortable experience because you can put so much effort into deals, forecasting, and something goes wrong that you couldn't predict. So this is why the application of emotional intelligence is extraordinarily important for sales professionals, in particular in the tech sales space. Uh, And one thing that I've seen uh, with sales leadership and revenue leaders that don't practice or apply emotional intelligence is that they become more erratic in terms of their decision making. Mm. And they typically will create for discomfort with their sales reps, the people that they're leading right they yeah. may become a little bit more um i would say like toxic or a little bit more combative right and more often than not that is a result of not recognizing one's own emotions and being able to communicate them in a mature healthy way yeah yeah but also too not knowing more about how their reps operate and the emotions that their reps are experiencing so those are some some things i've definitely noticed when it comes to sales revenue uh leaders uh, and how emotional intelligence yeah.
1: relates in that. Do you think that emotional intelligence is a is something that can be taught, or is it something that you're born with? Mm, that's a good question.
0: So I don't think we're born with
1: it. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I definitely don't think we're born with it. In part because, uh, not to get like too you know child development and biological here, uh, but you know more often than not, when we're when we're young, we tend to be a little bit more. We tend to be way more emotional, right?
1: Yeah, of course. And yeah.
0: as we get older, we tend to show more of that logical side, being more, I would say, orderly and rational, right? Usually. And <laughs> yeah, usually there, there are some that may not be. <laughs> but I do believe that emotional intelligence can be learned. But what is I think is just as important as it being learned is the people who are teaching it and being able to teach and educate on how to develop your emotional intelligence is a very important skill because there's a particular way in which you can learn it, right? And that is something that with InMotion, I have really designed to try and help people based on how they operate, apply emotional intelligence.
1: So from a sales and revenue leader perspective, how would you sell emotional intelligence to those leaders out there now in terms of the importance of it and why, not just the managers, need it mm-hmm. uh, or directors or VPs, whoever, but also maybe all the way down to the SDR. Is like, wh- why, why is it needed throughout the whole organization?
0: Yeah. The first thing I would say is that in business, they're human beings. <laughs> and what is one thing all human beings have in common? We all have emotions and those emotions can look different, right? And how they're expressed when they're felt. And when it comes to being able to use emotional intelligence, Right? we talked earlier about the first step is that self-awareness piece so yeah. are you even able to recognize what somebody's emotional state is second i would add that what i what i saw a lot of in the tech sales space is nailing down the functional components of the sale and the actual product which is naturally important right does the product right. work <laughs> do our do our sales reps know how to communicate about it do they know how to you know, demo it do they know what problem it solves Right, the value, the price, the cost. These are very functional things yeah. right? that I think naturally in any organization, you need those hashed out. But what I found, and you will see this stat in many places, what distinguishes high performers from average, middle-of-the-pack performers? I, and I used to say this to my uh, BDRs that I managed. I said, if you want to be an extraordinary BDR, you have to use the functional, social, and emotional skills in order to thrive, yeah, average BDRs or average reps stick to just functional. But if you want to be a high performer, you got to use all three. And I've coached them on how to do that and what that typically looks like. And uh, that is an area in which I found, how can we apply EI in a way that drives business outcomes? And it also builds culture. If we can build great culture, that can drive great business outcomes.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right in terms of on the culture side it's not just about your external facing awareness uh self-awareness but it's also amongst your teammates right
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there are a lot of trainings that are happening uh internally right mm-hmm. i was talking to a gentleman uh that does some eq training last week and mm-hmm. the way that he works is that he, he trains someone internally first as like the evangelist of, of eq and then that person then trains people Uh, within the organization and creates a curriculum around that. Train the trainer. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one way of doing it. Absolutely. And now a quick break to learn more about Unifor. Using conversational AI and automation technology, Unifor helps your business turn conversations into richer experiences that drive sales, customer satisfaction, and operational efficiency. Conversations are more than just words. They're your most valuable asset. You were on a recent podcast with Jordan Benjamin called Peak Performance Selling. And so uh, I was taking a listen to that. And one of the things that you talked about was around innovators and what you called innovative thinkers. Yeah. Um, You know, our audience are having conversations with innovators, you know, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, in terms of selling new technology, new AI technology to, to their constituents, uh, uh, whether in in the sales and revenue space, whether in the contact center space, uh, within healthcare, I mean, there's so many different ways that people are selling in this uh, AI Right, uh, And so kind of curious from your perspective, what is the persona of, of an innovator? And then what are the key factors in selling to them that you've experienced, uh, through, through your, uh, through your background? Absolutely. Great question.
0: So when it comes to the innovator persona, just a, a little background in my in motion, uh, model, I basically created four core personas that are derived from the popular uh, personality assessment that is the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. Mm-hmm. And given they have a lot of data on you know, the most common personality types and styles in the country, I formed these four personas. And the one I was talking uh, with Jordan about was their innovator. And to unpack the innovator, the innovator persona has an intuitive thinking core to their personality. Now, what does that mean, right? What does that mean? That means that the innovator persona is typically attracted to complexity, right? They wanna They want to be in the mix of solving a complex issue, right? And they have a high value on intelligence and logic and demonstrating competence, as well as being around people who are competent. And another key factor when it comes to an innovator persona, and I, I am someone that has an innovator persona, is being able to communicate ideas in a way that attracts people and engage people.
1: And so if you're so,
0: a sales rep and you're talking- Oh, good.
1: I was gonna say, it sounds like empathy is involved in that as well.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. And empathy in particular on what are innovators typically interested in, right? And being able to identify that or get some sort of breadcrumb or clue about what they're interested in. And so if you're a sales rep and you're trying to decipher, okay, I'm having a conversation with a SVP of another tech company that very well could use our product, Mm -hmm. how could I best prepare for this conversation? First thing I'd recommend is one, go get my personality playbook and read through the innovator persona section, because that will give you a lot of context around how these particular personas process things and how they typically make decisions. And the second thing I would do is really nail down what complex issue is that SVP likely dealing with? Yeah. And I emphasize likely because we're talking in the world of probabilities, (laughs) right? You got to leave some room for error, right? But you want to think in probability, right? And what is that SVP likely dealing with? And can you approach that conversation speaking about that complexity in a way that makes it sound simple and provide a kernel of value that intrigues them and that shows them that you know what you're talking about? Yeah, That's how you get on an innovator's calendar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's an awesome tip. You know, I, I think uh, in every, whether it's early adopters or not, I mean, mm-hmm. there's always an innovator within the company. That's the, the evangelist, uh, the person that steps ahead of other people within the company sometimes mm-hmm. for all good reasons. And so that's interesting how definitely emotional intelligence can can help on that. Absolutely. All right. So, We've gone through kind of the definition, why it's important, uh, some challenges that sales and revenue leaders face and how this can help them. Uh, So if there's one thing that uh, we can leave with our listeners where they can start on applying emotional intelligence, where where do they start? Uh, How do they begin their journey? Great question.
0: And I wanna
1: answer this in two ways. When we
0: define emotional intelligence, we look at those four domains. Taking action on expanding your awareness often can look like being more reflective, right? So doing reflective journal prompts on, what do I like about this? What do I not like about this? What am I really good at? What am I not that good at? And that's just a first basis for expanding your own self-awareness. Now, if you really wanna ramp that up, I do encourage people who wanna start applying emotional intelligence to uh, adopt some sort of personality model. It does make the application of EI way more effective And it's easier to remember, Uh, in in particular, because in personality models, you can pick up on differences faster, which we know when people get triggered more often than not, (laughs) it is because there is some different way of seeing things. And that's why I recommend personality model of some sort to be able to catch that trigger uh, quickly. The second part, because emotional intelligence deals with self-regulation and managing relationships, I always recommend to folks to expand their emotional language. And within that personality playbook I mentioned earlier, you will find a diagram of an emotional wheel. More often than not, people in our society, I would say most people in our society have a truncated emotional vocabulary. It goes from sad, mad, happy. We got some new ones in there, He's anxious, depressed, <laughs> frustrated. Yeah. But the world of emotions and the language around emotions is much more vast And being able to expand your emotional vocabulary is really important for self-regulating because here's the key. You can't fully process an emotion that you don't really understand. And the first step to understanding something, can you name it? Can you point to an experience where this particular emotion happened? And so those are two things I would recommend people who are just now getting started or looking to be proactive in their emotional intelligence journey. To get started with,
1: so a lot of self-discovery is where it starts. Oh yeah, I mean this definitely relates to kind of your own personal brand. You know, for those that are out there trying to kind of sell themselves or sell, mm-hmm. you know, say you're you're optimizing your LinkedIn profile. Like I always tell people, like, what do you want to be known for, and what do people know you for? Those sometimes can be two separate things. Mm, exactly. So it's interesting. What we're talking about can definitely uh, help in, in that in that realm. All right. Uh So thank you. That, that was super helpful great stuff and hope our our listeners uh, found a lot of value in that right on I know I did Uh, so we're gonna get into some rapid-fire questions Uh, these are quick bam 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 uh, questions and we want (laughs) to kind of get to know you a little bit better yeah and so first one is piece of advice that you give your younger self
0: mmm if
1: I could rewind the hands of time Randy
0: Uh, a piece of advice I would give myself is to not put so much weight on being right, you put more weight on learning. And that's important in part because I think as we, as as young men in this country, uh, kind of growing up, I think we we do put an overemphasis on being correct or being right. And we tend yeah. to associate a lot of our, our emotions with being right. And I think what could be very important for young Orin, if I could rewind the hands of time, <laughs> would be to emphasize, hey, it's more important that you learn from these experiences and to really understand what happened in these experiences and really extract that wisdom yeah. than it is in being right. And more often than not, this is super important in relationships. How many times are relationships damaged or or hurt? Because there is such a emphasis on, hey, I'm right, you're wrong. Totally, totally. So that's a that's a piece of advice I give my younger
1: self. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think what I would say to myself. I mean, I'm asking yeah, you all I'm the curious. questions. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, in, in my mind, um, I'm just trying to think of the challenges that I had growing up. It was always trying to fit in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was always the pressure. I mean, there's always the peer pressure. You know, you want right. to You know, you see the clicks in high school or or junior high and like trying to fit in trying to make sure that's that you think that's where you want to be, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's always just trying to be yourself uh, and just feeling okay that yourself is, is okay. Like what you, who you are and where you come from is okay. You don't need to be like anybody else. You're unique as it is. So Mm -hmm. that's my piece of advice because sometimes that, you know, as a young kid, you just challenge yourself. Like, should I be someone different? Mm. Heck no. Yeah yourself
0: interesting thing about that too is during that phase of growth when we often are trying to be something that isn't really authentic to us it's, it's likely that we are seeing something within us as wrong
1: yeah exactly yeah and we
0: don't and we don't want to be wrong we don't want to feel wrong we want to feel right
1: right <laughs> you know yeah interesting totally all right uh, tell us the first thing that you ever sold
0: Yeah, this is a good this is a good story <laughs> <laughs> so i knew i was destined for sales in some capacity. Since second grade at Oakland's elementary school, I was really big into drawing Dragon Ball Z pictures. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. I love that. Song.
0: My older brother, he was an artist, and we had a, a six year difference in age, and he would draw Dragon Ball Z pictures. And I was starting to pick up on his skills. Okay. And then as I started to get better, and by the way, I'm left handed, so I'm a left handed drawer, which is kind of interesting. I drew this amazing picture. I go to school, right? I'm like showing off in the uh, in the class. I'm like, oh, look at what I made. I got some fresh color pencils. <laughs> and then one kid in the class named Roy, he had lunch money, $20. And He said, hey, I'll give you 20 bucks for this picture. And I said, no question. Here you go. Let me get $20. Because <laughs> I really <laughs> wanted some candy, right? Exactly. And, and then I, yeah, I got home that day and my mom said, Orin, where the heck did you get $20? I said, mom, I sold my picture. I'm out here making money. I'm in sales. (laughs) This is in second grade. It is second grade. Yeah. (laughs) So I I was seven years old, seven, eight years old.
1: It was pretty interesting. That's funny. That's awesome. What about you? Oh gosh. I mean, I remember in junior high, you know, we would sell like magazines door to door going, you know, through the neighborhood for like a fundraiser. And, I was horrible at it, <laughs> to tell you the truth. <laughs> but there was there were some nice people in my neighborhood. I don't know, maybe six or seven people were like, yeah, I'll sign up for like Sports Illustrated, or I'll sign up for you know, like Time magazine, or right. whatever was big back in the. Was, this is like the late '80s, so like Sports Illustrated and Time were like super big, and National Geographic, right? Those are like the big three magazines that I remember. But there was always the competition at school, like. Whoever sells the most gets a limousine ride. <laughs> never, never got the limo ride. Right. <laughs> hey, it's all good. You turned out all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I keep telling myself. All right. Uh, last book you read? Yeah. So the last book I read, I actually just finished it up.
0: It's uh, emotional intelligence for couples, uh, and it was talking a lot about some ideas around uh, boundaries. And one interesting thing I learned this was a this was something new and I'm attracted to new knowledge, new concepts. <laughs> and this will be good given given the, the, the nature of the conversation we're having. This, the author of this book highlighted that there is one big limit or barrier, rather, that gets in the way of developing emotional intelligence. And he said it's being passive. <laughs> and when I thought about this, I was like, wow, that is really rich, in part because I've often found that people don't proactively go out and learn how to improve their emotional intelligence, increase their EQ. It's always reactive. It's always like some situation, hey, something at work happened, people don't like me anymore, I need to like develop my EQ, right? I gotta fix this, right? But what would it look like if people were being proactive as opposed to reactive and in some cases even passive? That was a really um, thought-provoking concept That really made me think about, hmm, this is a problem that people are experiencing.
1: Cool. Uh, What's the name of the book again?
0: It's just Emotional Intelligence for Couples.
1: Uh, Yeah, so we'll put it in the show notes. So, you know, send me the link afterwards and and the author and all that. We'll make sure it's in the show notes. Absolutely. All right, man. Uh, So, uh, I think we're all up on time here, but I wanted to give you the airways uh, so that people can learn more how to contact you because you've given us so much uh, great information and, uh, you know, in a small little nugget of, we've been like uh, chatting for about a half hour now. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you got the airwaves. Tell us uh, how we reach out to you. Uh, what, do, what do you provide for people uh, that want to get started on their journey?
0: Yeah. So InMotion provides a membership service that comes with a community that you would join, a part of being being around other people who are also on their emotional intelligence journey. We also have a flagship eight-week emotional intelligence training program and some uh, four different sprint courses that are based on those personas to help you work better with people who don't think like you. Um, And it's all based in this kind of membership uh, community that InMotion has built and it's called the EQ Crew. And uh, you can find that at InMotion.com. I also, uh, you can find me on TikTok as the EI guy. I have proclaimed, I've staked my ground in TikTok. (laughs) And I'm also on Twitter uh, under, uh, or inspiration, which is a fun little term. And uh, also on
1: LinkedIn under Oren Webb Jr. Awesome, awesome, cool. All right. So we'll put all those uh, in the show notes. Uh, so again, I totally appreciate you joining us today. Learned a lot. Uh, and I think our, our community has as well. So uh, thanks again. Appreciate it. Awesome.
0: Thank you. you Appreciate it.
1: You have a great day. All right. Thanks everyone uh, for tuning in to another great conversation with Oren. Uh, we're going to be continuing our season on more emotional intelligence uh, experts uh, and those that are in the field, whether in sales and revenue, whether in CX space, that are really focusing on how to leverage emotional intelligence within their career and and personal life. So stay tuned for more episodes. And as always, make sure to rate and review uh, the podcast so we can get an idea of, of, uh, is this valuable to you guys? Um, And if you have any other questions, if you have a suggestion for a guest, email us at podcast at unifor.com. Thanks and have a wonderful day. See you guys. We hope you enjoyed this
0: episode of Conversations That Matter. Subscribe to our podcast for more great content.
1: And if you want to learn more about the topic we discussed, visit Unifor.com today.